You get so hyped with your fist pumps, man. Yo, 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 D, K. Like a weird ape. <laughs> Donkey Kong. Computer in the cloud. This is the Console Crusade Podcast. My name is EJ Olson. I'm trying to enunciate my words today so that Nick Durheim, my illustrious co-host, can understand the words I am saying to him and to you. Nick, here we are. What are we doing? What are we talking about? That's a really weird way to intro <laughs> me, but I'll go with it. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop that intro like maybe 20 words before you did, and I was going to throw out a cool like tongue twister throwback to one of the earlier recordings that I don't know if we ever even posted. Give it to me. I want to hear it. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I remember that. You laughed so hard. You gave me so much shit. Oh, that's a tough one. I was so checked out, and you were just going through the list of them. And some of them were real, and some were from like Anchorman, and you were just doing a bit. You were super checked out, and that was why I laughed so hard because <laughs> I know that response where it's just like the sort of polite office banter where someone's talking to you about something you have no idea what they're saying but you're trying to be like act interested so they'll leave you alone sooner (laughs) (laughs) well it wasn't i was just i was reading something related to the episode we were about to record and you were just going through running the gamut of tongue twisters i was like oh yeah that's tough totally (laughs) (laughs) i just identified it with it so so hard oh that's good that's fun well today we're talking about some news all about the video game news. No retro games today. Though, if the, you know, the three of you who were able to get through the last pod, episode 36, where we had Leaf and Drew of the group chat on, first of all, kudos, golf clap for you. I'm also terribly sorry, but Nick is doing the cutest golf clap right now. It showed up in my waveform. We'll see if it comes <laughs> up in anything. Uh, probably uh, not as loud as Leaf's f- egregious fucking... Oh, God. His belches and burps and oh, farts, his tootie butt. Dude, Leaf's a monster. He says he blacked out at the end of the last podcast. <laughs> I didn't realize we had drank that much. Were we out of control? Well, I mean, you guys both like did some pretty good work on that fifth, so doesn't surprise me too much. I am still working on that fifth as we speak, my friend. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah, I don't quite drink like that when I'm not with uh, other alcoholics. No. <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> anyway. If you listened to that last episode, we gave you a little glimpse into the future. We talk about Golden Sun. Yeah, the, the glimpse into the future. Well, a glimpse 17 years in the past. Well, a future episode anyway. You actually yeah, yeah. beat Golden Sun. Sure did. You done did it. Done did it. Transferred my save over to Golden Sun 2, Lost Age. Tell me about that process real quick. If you have a link cable and two Game Boy Advances, it's a lot simpler. Instead, I opted for a route which included me inputting 121 random characters letter by letter number by number asterisk by asterisk that's awful yeah it took me took me 20 minutes (laughs) how do we know that you got it right and that like if you got one number one asterisk wrong and your whole save changes well it it prompted me with uh, my character stats and it showed me how many of each gin they had so i was basically able to verify that way but it was weird because I thought I would be able to input and then go back and scroll through the pages and be like, double check. Right. But as soon as I input the last character, it was like, all right, it worked. Oh, like, I don't know if it actually did, but we'll see, I guess. Close and enough. Seems fine. I was able to rename my my character, 
which is weird. That is very strange. But I opted to do that because I had named my main character Nick because I was going to name all of my characters after the group chat. That's uh-huh. a bit of a fun thing. But then it only let me name the main character. Oh, we lost Nick, guys. We were only a few minutes into it and we lost him. Someone's using the microwave at his place. And I'm disconnected, so I'll have to figure that He's out. He's gone. He's frozen. His audio is gone. He's probably saying the same thing right now. I don't know what's happened. I'm going to close Skype. Closing Skype. I'm going to call him on the cell phone. This is how we do things on the Conflict Crusade, all right? We do this for you. That's not true. I do it for me, but I'm glad you guys are here. I'm going to use this time to plug our social media. Because while we do do this for ourselves, we do appreciate conversation, engaging with those who do listen. So hit us up on Twitter at console underscore crusade. I am at ejiggle. Nick is at press till death. Of course, you can email us if you still do that at uh, feedback at console crusade.com. I'm actually going to check right now to see if we have any listener mail. And Nick is calling me. Hey, Nick Durheim. Hey, you are on the Console Crusade podcast. What do you have to say for yourself? Oh my god. You're really speaker phoning me in? <laughs> what happened? Uh, my internet decided to just shit the bed. So are you restarting that internet right now? No, because I'm on the internet, but I'm not. You know how it is. That's Oh, goodness gracious. I got Facebook to reload, but then it's not loading anymore. Hey man, this sometimes this is what happens on the Console Crusade podcast. We are going to sort it out. Like the Comcast Crusade podcast, jeez. No one wants to listen to this shit. God, no. I'll have you know that I'm going to condense this to like a minute, maybe two, which is probably too long as it is, but this is like a 10 minute gap while we are wait for Nick is calling me again. Oh my God, is you back? Is you back? I thought you were going to reset your internet too. I did. I just disconnected and reconnected. I didn't have to. Oh, I thought you meant like a full blown like modem thing. That's too much work. You're not wrong. Let me tell you what happened, Nick. I... At some point, don't know if it was the port or the cable or a combination of the two on my modem slash back on my computer. I don't know. Something died and I was getting like one megabit a second download speeds. Like it was just egregious, right? That is pretty bad. Um, <laughs> and I pay for like literally the the highest like business class internet Comcast offers. Like, right. I couldn't get higher unless Google came through my neck of the woods. So I don't know what's going on. So I just unhook it all and I go wireless. Boom, suddenly my speeds are back up 150, whatever, on, on Wi-Fi. But I took my rig into work to edit on one day, right? And I just ripped the fucking antenna out of the port on the back of the my Oof. PC. So now I'm basically using the internal antenna on the motherboard without the extension. So I get like, like my internet is like showing no bars. And so I don't somehow we're still having this conversation. So I need to figure that out because it's been quite the hindrance. Uploading things. Rough. That seems risky. <laughs> yeah, you know. Little little behind the scenes here. I've been doing this for the last like five episodes. So it's like Oh my god. Okay. It is what it so is. Don't blame me. Hey, you froze. I didn't freeze. Hey, hey, you. I hope that's you. I swear to God, if that's me, I'm gonna be peeved. I don't know. I don't even know where we it's were. Me. We're talking about Golden Sun. Great. Are you frozen again, you son of a motherfucker? Oh my god, I lost him again. This is this is him. This is him. We're calling. We're calling into the Nick Durheim once again. We're gonna see what he has to say. Hi, you're on the uh, Concert Crusade podcast. What can I do for you? <laughs> Thanks. I thought this was Pizza Hut. Oh no. <laughs> oh man. So it happened again. Is that what you said? I hope this is you. And then it froze. Yes. <laughs> 
I didn't realize that's what you were. Uh, that's what you were referring to, dude. I don't know what's going on over at your uh, your casa, but we give it a second. We just jump back in. Just jump back in. All right. So Golden Sun doing the transfer, drunk with Leaf. We talked about playing Golden Sun, going back and doing a pot about it. We still plan on doing that. Of course, I have not played Golden Sun. You beat it, Leaf ever or. I, we we talked about this on the last part. I, I I briefly played it. I, I don't remember because that was such a shitstorm of everyone talking over each other that it's hard to keep track of what was said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a mess. But I will find my copy. I will dive in, if only for you, my friend. I think you'll like it. It wasn't very grindy. I pretty much just went through. How many hours? 21. That's a lot of hours. I was a little bit more thorough than I was expecting to be. But I just felt compelled to because I was already in it. So I went through and did the optional like end game dungeon so I could get all the gin. Just play around with that. This is a game that's gonna really compel me to fall into that collector's mentality. There's not like there's seven per character, like seven elements. Seven of each element, I should say. So it's not like there's hundred fifty Pokemon, you know, it's there's twenty eight gin. And we're freezing again. Uh oh. Son of a bitch. No, Nick, no. You're still moving. Can you hear me? You're still moving for me. Nick. Nope, he's gone. He's gone. This may be a f- the Feudal Crusade podcast today, my guys. I can just monologue. Like, I can just do that. You guys just want to hear my dumbass talk for a while? So today, while I'm waiting for Nick to uh, get up and running again, today we're talking about Microsoft potentially purchasing Obsidian. Talking about Rockstar and the claim of 100-hour work weeks in the run-up to Red Dead 2. It's not ideal. Uh, Ubisoft and the microtransactions, quote unquote, Assassin's Creed Odyssey's best feature costs an extra 10 bucks. Great. I'm talking about Nintendo and their deluxe editions. Diablo 3 just announced a new deluxe edition Switch. I'm going to go off on that. Maybe I should do that now before Nick gets back. Nick's heard it. He's heard it all. But then also Microsoft announced the uh, Project X Cloud, whatever the fuck that is. Just kidding. I know exactly what it is. We're going to tell you all about it when Nick is back, which he is clearly not. So I'm going to continue drinking my beer. Hey, hi, hello. Hey, Console Crusade podcast calling again. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get the lowdown on what the heck is going on. Well, I went and unplugged my router and plugged it back in. And then I went to the Xfinity website to check my status and it said, your internet's fine, but your TV is experiencing some troubles. But actually, your internet. <laughs> yeah, right? And then I refreshed the page, and it said, well, it seems like your internet's having some trouble too, man. All right. So so I'm currently on the restarting your modem step of the built-in Xfinity process. Oh, and the boy's calling back. Oh, boy. God, what a nightmare this has been. <laughs> Don't act like you're frozen. I can still see you wiggling around. <laughs> you're not a good. You're not good at that. Uh, uh, so are we? Uh, <laughs> are we running? <laughs> uh, <next year. laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, you're not good at it. Stop. I still see your screen <laughs> shining and stuff. <laughs> it's very clear uh, that you're like screenshotting and doing dumb uh, stuff. Man, are we good? Like, can we actually record now? Really getting my go. I mean, we're as good as we're ever going to be. <laughs> All right. So while you were gone, I, I did a run of show. So we're just going to jump into it before we lose any more freaking daylight here, my guy. Yeah, I'm sorry for your editing process. I like how the other day in a group chat, we were talking with Leaf, and or you were talking with Leaf, 
And you're like, you don't even let me edit the episodes. It's not that I don't let you. It's that you A, don't want to, and B, have professed your lack of competency with audio files. I am anal. Well, I'm never going to get good at editing if I never try. Well, I mean, I'll gladly let you try. That's for sure. I Let me tell you how much I've learned in the last two years doing this Nightmare of a Podcast for 37 episodes. Valid. Uh, anyway, I do it because I love it, my dude. You do it because you love me. Well, I do love you. This is true. But right now, I love that your internet's working. I would love to continue this podcast. It's been a good talk. Yeah. <laughs> Intermittently. <laughs> we, did, we did this for half an hour. We might have three minutes of audio. Yeah, it's super funny whenever you refer to how long we've been recording because it's never as long as the final file is. No, and I always think about that when I'm talking and then when I'm editing. I never cut it out because it's kind of like my Easter egg. Dude, just ADR it. Come on. No, nah, dude, come on now. You have the technology. It's a bit. It's my Easter egg. It's like... This director I'm working with right now loves, he very intentionally places cast and crew reflections. Like there'll be times where he'll be like, we have our shot set. And he's like, wait, put your sunglasses on. And he'll tell our talent to put their sunglasses on. Perfect. <laughs> they can see ourselves. That's so meta. That reminds me of the, there was, I can't remember if it was just one person or if it, one person started it and it became a trend. But there was this trend going around of people selling stuff on Craigslist, but being like nude and taking a photo so that their nude reflection was available, like, in the oh, picture. So, yeah. like, I'm selling this kettle for $10, and you just see some naked guy holding the camera in front of it. <laughs> That's nice. Super funny. I, I love it. I love it. First thing on our list, which Microsoft, Nick, is buying Obsidian. Most likely. Allegedly. Or they're in the talks, too. This stuff kind of f- can fall through. Yeah. So, And, of course, it's all, like, you know, knowledge from a person close to the situation. Kotaku and Jason Schreier, they they always seem to be pretty right on the nose about they're, this kind of stuff. They're plugged in. Right. Schreier's plugged in. Not worried about so it. So I just thought it was interesting that we were talking about Obsidian just a couple weeks ago. And yeah. lo and behold, it seems like Microsoft might be trying to add them to their stable developers. So this is interesting for a few reasons. I mean, first off, obviously Obsidian did KOTOR 2. They did Fallout New Vegas. And they've had recent success with uh, kickstarting their games. They had... A lot of great fan reaction to uh, Pillars of Eternity, and right. they just put out its sequel this year, Deadfire. Yeah. People have been really loving it. Like, it's the return of the Western RPG, the isometric kind of those, and like Divinity and Torment and Tyranny. Like, that's been a huge scene. Not a huge scene, but it's had a resurgence and it's had a dedicated fan base that have been willing to buy the game. So, right. Good for them. Obsidian's had sort of a a history, an up and down roller coaster of like financial troubles and then canceled games. Right. Yeah. And Kickstarter was the most recent sort of the way they salvaged their company. And it worked, like you said, with, with Pillars of Eternity. But Microsoft, if they buy the company, let me read this list for you. They've purchased four different game studios. Ninja Theory. That was like the biggest one that they announced at E3. But also they locked down Undead Labs, who did the... um that one zombie survival game and playground games that just put out Forza Horizon yep. 4, which people are really loving too. And then also that other indie studio that made that weird kind of like a uh, orange clockwork orange. I don't know what the game's called, but the company is the initiative led by the head, the former head of Crystal Dynamics, who obviously rebooted Tomb Raider five years right. ago. Wait, is, I thought the initiative was the one that they made. They didn't actually buy the studio. They formed the studio. Yeah, you're right. 
leave it to Microsoft to name it the most generic sounding thing. Like it was the, what was the studio that makes um, Gears of War now after Epic left? The, it's not the initiative, but it's literally exactly oh, like Oh, it. Uh, the coalition. The coalition. <laughs> yeah, Just yeah. a bunch of dudes. Yeah. yeah. Just a bunch of dudes. Um, you're thinking of Compulsion. They did We Happy Few. We Happy Few, yeah. Yeah. They made a game called like Contrast. I remember buying that on Steam for like a song. Oh, really? Which was just like a weird kind of indie 3D platformer. Oh, the story is so sweet and whatever. Obviously, Ninja Theory most recently did Hellblade, which won a ton of awards at you know, the Game Awards or whatever. They got, or they were nominated. They got a lot of recognition. Right. But they, I think it was the woman who played the, you know, the main character in Hellblade that won best performance. Yeah. Performance. And so, Nick, do you remember her name? Her name was something really Swedish. Melissa Jurgens. Jurgens, yeah. And this is, I remember from the top of my brain. How? I don't Good know. For you. If I'm being Good honest with you, I, when I asked you, I didn't know, but then it came to me as you were deliberating. <laughs> you just, it just summoned a, a, a short gif in your head of her accepting the reward in her weird mocap suit and crying. Right, right. Very uh, sweet moment. I really liked that a lot. I, you know, I really, for the most part, enjoyed the Game Awards last year. I did. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Good. But anyway. Good job, Jeff Keighley. So kudos. This is good for Microsoft, and this will tie into something we talk about later with Microsoft. But the, the the reason they sort of lost this generation is obviously they had the PR disaster in 2013 leading up to the console's release, Xbox One. But one of the main things they've done and consistently done has de-emphasized exclusive games. We've harped on this over and over between the two of us. And they're finally starting to recognize what really makes a console unique in this day and age in the current year, Nick, and it's, you have to have the games. And if these consoles are completely homogenized and everything is ubiquitous, it's just that it becomes a, you know, a, a race between who can build the most powerful console for the cheapest. It should be about the games. And they're finally starting to take steps in that direction. So they're, they're really poisoning themselves to, to, I think, bounce back with the next generation when we get the Xbox two or what the fuck ever. Yeah, and this was something they didn't really have a tr- any trouble with with the 360 because developers were so gun shy about working on the PS3 because the architecture was so ass backwards compared to a PC that they're building on. So 360 was just the de facto platform, and then PS3 was like, well, maybe we'll get Skyrim to run on it, but who knows? Eventually, they kind of did. <laughs> and then they also had the Activision deal with the 360 generation, but then Sony turned that around with PS4, and I think that probably had a lot to do with keeping a or getting a player base to jump over from the 360 to the PS4. In the long term, you look at the PS3 and that was the anomaly, right? At 80 million mm-hmm. units, that was the anomaly. Right. After they got that price cut and they started getting some really weird but really compelling exclusives, then that's when it started turning around. Yeah. The critical acclaim of The Last of Us and Uncharted really brought people back. By 2010, man, Uncharted was was the reason to buy a PlayStation. Yeah, people were hungry for that experience. And by the time Gears of War, whatever, came out, they were kind of sick of that and they wanted something that was a little bit different in the cover shooter. <laughs> right. Less beefy men and more witty banter. Right. And as games have evolved and access to games has evolved and the type of games we lo- were looking at. And gamers have evolved. Oh, the gamers. Well, no, we look at like uh, arena games and MOBAs and sandbox games. Right. I mean, just all these things that, that 10 years ago weren't really a factor are now so massively popular that like Halo is not an incentive anymore to, you know, 15 years ago, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, Halo was the reason to own an Xbox, right? The exclusive experience. Yeah. And I think they can get back to that. It's just 
Xbox has really mishandled itself in the past like five years, especially. Yeah. But really, by the time like the middle of the 360 generation had rolled around, it was sort of kind of losing the plot. But I really feel like Phil Spencer, who's the current head of Xbox and is the head of Microsoft's game division, he's like really turning the ship around and he's really showing a lot of confidence in what he's doing. And I think that speaks to a lot of people. And personally, I think it's a good look for them and it makes me more interested in the future of that company and that product. Yeah. And let's, while we're just talking to Xbox, let's jump to the last thing on our list, which is Microsoft announcing their own game streaming service project X cloud. Right. Did you watch the weird little PR video? I did. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was a bit saccharine, but like, yeah, the, the, the stuff they're talking about, it's like they, they hit all the notes again. This is another win for, for Microsoft and, and they're playing the long game, right? Where they already, out sony Sony with, you know, they've got their cloud-based streaming platform to play older games. Microsoft did it, but in a much better way, right? Where it's a subscription service. It's like Netflix. You download the games locally. You're not just streaming them. Um, this is basically what Sony's doing, but instead of streaming a game, a console game to your console, which presumably you can do with Project xCloud, but this is so that you're streaming console quality games but to any mobile device or your or your tablet or your tv or anything without having to have any expensive hardware locally and what microsoft has over sony is they have the infrastructure like azure cloud computing is already a thing they've got implemented worldwide right so i feel like microsoft is much better equipped to actually implement this and get to run well versus what sony's doing i think google and microsoft are going to be the the lead competition in that regard right and i think just like VR and just like some of these other things we've seen crop up, these things are not going to replace the way we play games. Like people didn't abandon consoles just because MMOs became a thing, right? And then VR, a different type of way to play games. This is not going to replace the console. People talked about last generation, how next generation is going to be the last traditional console, quote unquote. And now they're saying that about the the PS5 will be the last traditional console generation. Consoles are never going to go away. They just, I just don't think they are. Or if they do, it'll be a very, very long time before the cloud technology becomes potent enough and cheap enough that 100 million people have access to it. I think also when people say that the next generation might be the last generation, it's less about like the end of consoles and more about generations and what that means. But I totally sure. get what you're saying. Sure. But I think it's a, it's a lot of the sky is falling and not as prescient as people really expect it to be. No. In 10 years, we're still going to be buying a PlayStation or an Xbox or a Nintendo, and we're still going to be ordering our games on Amazon or walking to a Best Buy to buy them. Especially you and me, because we're extremely sick? invested in that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, invested. In that. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the word. If anything, I think that what Microsoft and Sony and Google all want from this kind of stuff is to expand the market and not shift the market into a new thing. Right. But also, this is a preparatory kind of... This is looking to the future, because... As many people have already pointed out, like, yeah, look at our recording tonight. The internet is not there yet. No. But in 10 years, it could be. So it's better to have established that kind of precedent and then yeah. iterate on that as opposed to trying to pull a Sony and be like, here's the product now. And right. it's not good, but we're trying, I guess. So what this looks like to me is like the ideal... Well, okay, I, I want to say ideal because the ideal way is having a, a powerful enough handheld that is also a powerful console, right? Like the Switch, what the Switch is doing in 10 years, that's what I want all consoles to be, ideally. But the idea of having an uber powerful console 
the likes of which you can't cram into a handheld, but being able to now play that on the go with like, I just have a Bluetooth controller on my phone and I can stream the mm-hmm. exact same game. I can just boom, upload my save to the cloud. Boom. And now I'm streaming it to my phone or I'm streaming it to, you know, my laptop at school or work or whatever. That's a really cool, you know, sort of halfway between what the switch is doing and what the other two traditional console manufacturers are doing with these uber powerful machines like the PS4 pro and the Xbox one X. It's an interesting thing. And if it works, that's awesome. But obviously this is just a little teaser. We don't actually know what this will look like. And and who knows if Microsoft is trying to keep this technology and this service completely to their own platforms. I mean, they showed mobile phones and windows phones aren't really a thing that much anymore. I feel like they're not against going, Hey, we're going to put this on the iPhone. It's just a matter of will Apple let that happen. Like Apple already had that debacle with Steam earlier this year where Steam was launching that like Steam Link thing, but it was for phones too. But Apple wasn't allowing it on the iOS store because Apple likes to have a monopoly on the storefront. So you can't sell a storefront on iOS. And that's how they're kind of looking at the Steam, supposedly. So who knows if that'll work out? I'm sure they can figure something out. I mean, Microsoft saved Apple's ass like 20 years ago. So maybe they can feel like, oh, wouldn't be here without us. But I wonder if we'll see this Microsoft stream, this xCloud service on the Switch. Nintendo and Microsoft have been pretty close lately. They've been cross-promoting a lot of their stuff. I mean, it's with, with uh, Minecraft. I don't know how much that really means, but it'd be interesting to see if Microsoft does this, would that be a benefit to Nintendo? What's that kind of inner political kind of conversation? How does that go? Who benefits the most from that relationship? At the end of the day, it benefits everybody to play nicely with each other, right? Right. Especially the consumer. You make the consumer happy. You make these consumer friendly moves and you profit at the, at the end of the day. You know, which was why it was so weird when, when Sony said, we're doing so much better without you guys. We don't need to play nice. And they finally realized, oh, fuck, maybe we do need to play nice. Yeah, Epic really had to flex on them to get them to play. Right. It's just everybody and even now it's not like the, everything they've messaged from that is like, this is a trial. This is a beta. Sony's going to do cross play the best. We have the best cross play. All so, right, Trump. The, that, that's the exact opposite of what cross play means. But good job, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, again, it's interesting just to see how Microsoft, they brought in Phil Spencer and they seemingly are learning from their mistakes and they're trying to make good. And it's, it's interesting to see someone in a position of power who who cares about the brand beyond I'm a businessman trying to make money. Like that's obviously a component. It's everybody's first priority is making money. But when you bring in somebody who cares about the brand, and who cares about the product as someone who consumed this sort of thing on their own, like that goes a long way. Literally the past 12 months have been so crazy to think about what like Microsoft has done and the, the stuff they've really pushed for. Like you think about cross play, you think about the adaptive controller, you think about game pass, you think about the streaming service, you think about the studios they've acquired, like they're doing literally everything they should be doing. Yeah. So like, good job. Everything that the whole internet's cried about for years, they're doing systematically upturning every single complaint. It took, I mean, four and a half years before. And to think, and to think they tried to buy Nintendo back like before they made the Xbox, like late 90s, when the N64 was failing. Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo. Can you imagine the world where Microsoft owned Nintendo right now? You know, part of me thinks that's a very enticing proposition. I'm talking about Microsoft now, not like, because Microsoft has clearly bungled a shit ton of stuff. And Nintendo has done right by their own weird Nintendo ways. But I'm just thinking like, think of all these cool Microsoft moves and imagine if Nintendo was doing these moves. Oh, that hurts me because listen, Nintendo has continued to, you know, 
in their own weird way succeed, but that's despite themselves. Exactly. <laughs> right? I like guess by the grace of God, I don't know how they've managed to stay afloat. I mean, it's the IP, right? It's all about the games. At some point, that isn't enough. We saw that with the Wii U. At some point, the games are just are not enough. Yeah, all the compelling Wii U games like Star Fox and Animal Crossing. Listen, we've gone over this before. <laughs> right, you yeah. bring up a lot of shit, but in, in the dead Wii U eulogy, I'm just... I just have to rub some salt in that wound. Oh, God. <laughs> I bought a Wii U, okay? Uh, I'm not to blame. Rip. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Next thing on our list here is something that hits a little close to home for me. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Uh, thanks for the, the trigger warning, asshole. <laughs> I was actually... Oh, we had just been reading this uh, earlier today. Right. It's been all over my Twitter feed, and I assume that you probably follow a lot of the same people. So Supposedly, Rockstar has been working their team 100 plus hour weeks and they later the, this was the uh head of rockstar and we, i don't know if he's the head but like the lead writer one of the guys hauser up in charge and he gave this quote about working 100 hour weeks but then kotaku of course doing their due diligence asked him to clarify on that and he kind of backpedaled a little bit it was like oh no no i mean like my the core me and like three other dudes have worked three like 100 hour weeks in a row and we don't ask people to do that but this has been a really hot topic in the industry and like the gaming journalism circles and everything that crunch is prevalent. And what that means is like when a project is coming to a finish, the people working on the project tend to work way, 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 way more hours than a person probably should. And it's a lot of times these are salary jobs, so they're not getting the kind of overtime that you would want. Right. And it's just a, a toxic kind of environment. It burns people out and people just, it's not enough. And again, in this industry, like we talked about, you know, after the after the shuttering of Telltale, it's an industry that just is ruthless. There aren't unions. There's no protection whatsoever. So, you you know, you you work these insane hours and you kill yourself, and then guess what happens? This game's going to get released, and you know, a, a large faction of the people, not on the core Rockstar team, but you know, as soon as this game is released and out, and the maintenance happens. They're going to be layoffs at Rockstar. I mean, this happens after every major game release because they, they onboard so many people to meet these right. deadlines. People are going to be let go after working these crazy hours and killing themselves for a company. Guess what? These corporate entities don't give a fuck about you. Right. And it was interesting just to name drop some of the people we listen to, right? Colin Moriarty just interviewed David Jaffe, who, you know, got a war and Twisted Metal and some other yeah, stuff. Twisted Metal was like the biggest thing. He also did that really bad Drawn to Death game. Yeah. <laughs> that came out this year. It was very interesting to hear his take on that game and you know i get it when you're so invested into something it's it, honestly very interesting um listen despite those two both being fucking lightning rods but one <laughs> of the things that he's talked about on the podcast was he said some guys come in into these companies and they feel like you know they walk into work every day and they see these cars and they see these family men come in and they're like you know these guys are my responsibility. He's like, I didn't feel, I never felt that. We all knew what we were getting ourselves into when we signed up for this job. We all know what kind of industry we work in. It's very volatile. You know, not that I don't want this to be a good place to work and I don't want to take care of my people. Like I do, but if, if something happens, I am not going to shoulder the burden. Like we, we know what we're signing up for. And that's just right. the nature of the beast. And I get that to a degree. Because a lot of it is self-imposed and it's hard to combat that. Like nobody wants to be the one saying, hey, don't work so hard especially when it's someone who like you're relying on also. So I get, I get that. It just, it sucks when it becomes an endemic kind of issue. Right. And we've really seen that crop up this year. 
I can definitely relate to this because you know, I've been working crazy. And, you know, I think 80 hour weeks are crazy. Like, I mean, that's 15 hour days. That's double full time. And when you're when you're working a 15 hour day on your feet and you're doing that for fucking even five days straight, little on six or seven, it's mentally exhausting. It's physically draining, obviously. But you do that for three weeks and you feel like like you're, you're you've died in three. It's only three weeks. Right. So I can't imagine doing this for can you imagine doing this for a year and lead up to a game. Even a month is like. I can't imagine hundred hour weeks for a month. It's insane. So this is a, this is quite the callback. It's sort of reminiscent of Spouse Gate or or the Rockstar Spouse. Do you remember this? Yeah, the, yeah, the Rockstar Wives. I remember that. Wasn't that from Red Dead One? Yeah. So that was only like eight years ago. So you know, there's this whole thing coming out where some anonymous wives from from Rockstar San Diego employees publish this letter, basically complaining about these these unfair work conditions and you know mandatory six hour or six day weeks and hundred hour weeks and all this crazy nonsense. And basically talking about how work conditions were so subpar. They were going to, they're threatening legal action. It was just this whole mess. And so this sort of reeks of that, right? Yeah. I don't know what's true. What's not true. Chances are this sort of thing leaks. It's true to a degree. Working conditions probably aren't great. Again, that totally jives with what we know about the industry. Yeah. And whether or not it's like widespread or enforced is, kind of ancillary to it you know like just that it happens at all is bad enough there's so much money going into these projects and it's just and coming out of these projects i mean right how much money did uh, gta 5 make on its opening day like a billion dollars or something like that i remember that being like a a thing thrown around that it's insane or it, it, it surpassed a billion like eventually and that game's been that game sold over 100 million copies like yeah how much of that is going to the higher ups and how much of that is going to the people that work their fingers to the bone right. programming and doing art and doing sound and doing everything. Resources should not be so limited that anybody is working that kind of overtime period. Right. And if they are, they should be compensated for it. And I don't just mean monetarily because at some point when you are good enough at what you do and you've made yourself enough of a commodity, a paycheck alone is not incentive enough to endure these kind of things. It's about culture and it's about the benefits and about the people and are things that great at Rockstar that this sort of thing could just slide under the rug? Probably not. I think not. it could, though, because Rockstar is such a prestigious and well-known and well-loved company that I feel like people would clearly, they'll put up with anything just to stay working there. Like, it's just such an honor to be here, you know? That, see, that's that, toxic to me, man. It's super toxic, but I understand the reasoning. And also, if anybody leaves, then there's a 100 people waiting at the gate trying to get in also. Yeah. It's a highly competitive there's so many people that are trying to have that same job and they're all good enough to do the same thing. It's just, they have to be willing to put up with rockstar shenanigans again. And that's, it's bullshit. First and foremost, it's, it's like, you know, up again, God damn it. No, so are we freezing? Oh, buddy. Nick, you're still moving. Nope. Can you hear me now? He's still moving guys. Nope. He's gone. We lost him. We lost him. I closed Skype. We're going back to YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, should we call him again one more time? This is Jiggle from the Constant Crusade Podcast. Is this the fuzz? Am I talking to the fuzz? You're talking to the fuzz. Oh my god damn it. It's happening again. Okay, so <laughs> did we just do a bit and end it or we just do we just try again? I'm getting incredibly frustrated, so I don't know. I know you are. I know. Do you wanna you wanna try to troubleshoot it one more time or I wanna shoot my modem with a real gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, my internet's back. Oh great. Oh, I'll believe it when I see it. I love a good outage for just, you know, 60 seconds, enough to completely derail an entire conversation. And a good one at that. I, was, I felt good about it. Yeah. 
for the first time. Oh, wow, Nick. Don't take your frustrations out on me. I'm mad. <laughs> uh, we back? Are we back, back? Yeah, we're back. Jeez. I'm sorry, EJ. I took up my rage on you, <laughs> but I'm just still a rat in a cage. <laughs> uh, have you listened to the new Architects yet? Uh, I've only heard the one song. Did they put out the rest of it yet? Uh, they put a couple songs out, but I guess you didn't like oh, the last two records very much, but I did. If you showed me that song and said, hey, this is a new song, I'd be like, oh, it just sounds like exactly everything they've done for the past three records. So that's fine, though. Consistency is a good thing. <sighs> well, I completely lost my goddamn train of thought. Rockstar, get your shit together. Yeah, that's fucking Rockstar. Say. Jesus. Anyway. I was going to say that just really speaks to me because, yeah, I'm, I'm working for a company right now that not that a lot of the people there don't necessarily care about one another and want things to be better. But I'm just saying one of the problems I've experienced working for a, a quote unquote corporate entity is your problems are never as bad as the guy above you. Mm-hmm. So you constantly feel invalidated. You can work an 80 hour week and have all these troubles and you can go to management and say, guys, I'm getting killed here. This is not okay. And you say, oh, yeah, well, I work 95 hours. Things suck. Like, nobody's really working towards a solution because everybody's suffering, right? And so a lot of these guys at Rockstar, like, I'm imagining, like, like the guy came out and said, oh, ma- upper management's work 100-hour a week. That's probably true. Like, those guys are also probably getting killed doing what they're doing. So it's like someone comes to them and says, I can't do this. And we're like, yeah, we get it, but this is we're all suffering. Where Where's the buck stop, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's probably also... Everyone at certain levels, everyone in their own disciplines, they're, you know, getting worked to the bone and that can also make them have a, a, a stronger kinship with their coworkers. Sure. It's like, well, we're in this together. We're suffering together. We're sleeping at our desk overnight together. Right. So it becomes like a, a competition also and like a camaraderie kind of thing. But that doesn't mean that it's beneficial in the long run. No, clearly. it's it is unhealthy, but... There is a difference between a toxic work environment where everyone hates each other and management treats you like shit and you're being paid poorly. And it's like all these terrible things and then you're working 100 hours versus a studio where everyone gets along and the culture is really great and the benefits are good. And it's just, hey, this is a bumpy patch in the road leading up to the release of this crazy game we've been working on for five years, six years. That's, I think those are different, right? Yeah, they're different, but no one wants the... uh no one wants the good example of a hundred hour work week because then that validates the bad example of a hundred hour work week, you know? And even if it is a great culture and everything's hunky dory and they're just working a lot of hours in the next couple of months, it's still not an excuse for a company raking in the cash like Rockstar to not have enough resources to alleviate some of that pressure on the main crew. Like it's just that's it's still unacceptable. Not to defend them at all, but it's not always a matter of just hiring more people. That doesn't necessarily make a job get done faster well trust me i know all about that so that's true it gets to the point where you can't really scale up it's just a, a matter of the scale of your project and the time it takes and rockstar's been working on this game for eight years and eight it could have been a 12 year game cycle you know who knows god that's insane to think about like this game was started before like skyrim came out how fucked up yeah. is that that is i mean that is and different layers. I mean, I'm sure they're just entering pre-production after Red Dead 1 came out. They probably yeah. started pre-production when they are doing the DLC with Undead Nightmare and all that. It's just but, crazy. And this game already got delayed a whole year. I forgot about that. Yeah, the announcement for Red Dead 2 was the same day as the announcement of the Switch. And then it was slated for a fall release against Mario Odyssey and all that. So. Oh, wow. Well, anyway, moving on to uh, Ubisoft, our favorite developer. It's the company everybody loves to hate. Just behind EA, I think. 
somehow Activision dodges that bullet every every time, but it's always Ubisoft and EA. Activision isn't doing enough, I, I, I don't think, to show up on people's radar when something stupid happens, whereas Ubisoft is putting out how many games every year and, and EA does. I just think their, their audience doesn't care as much. Like, no one cares that they're being nickel and dimed with Overwatch loot boxes, but it's just cosmetic, you know? Well, that's the thing is, the loot boxes aren't necessary to progression and, or enjoyment of the game. It is strictly a bonus, whereas this latest, you know... Yeah, but it's all you get for leveling up. It literally is the progression of the game. So in, in Ubisoft's latest controversy, they're charging $10 for this boosted experience, whatever, to progress faster and you unlock everything earlier in the game. Doesn't Activision sell XP boosts in uh, Call of Duty also? Or is that just... Is that on the wayside now? Uh, I'm actually not sure. Before. I wouldn't be shocked. I know they do like double XP weekends and that's like... That's common practice. That's fair practice. That's, that's fine, like a, yeah. That's a reason for people to get back in for a, a time period. Right. But I only bring that up because it just seems like Activision, no one no one cares that they do the exact same thing as everyone else. Well, because they've been... They've had the same formula for 10 years and it's not... And I think it may be different when... It's an online game like that full of a bunch of shooter bros versus like this experience. It's, it's like MMOs. Versus Battlefront. <laughs> right. Well, well, look at MMOs where it's like, yeah, you can spend all this money and get top tier, you know, gear and, and blow your way to the top of the pile. But it's like, you know, that sucks, but it's just part of the culture where it's like, I'm getting nickel and dime to play a fucking single player game in my underwear, dude. Like, really? So what, what they're doing is they're charging again to sort of boost progression and speed things up so what they're basically saying to us is they don't value our time right but also i I found this this whole kind of thing interesting because based on several different reviews and whether or not you trust them or not that's completely up to you but several reviews are saying that it doesn't feel like they tuned the progression of the game around this quote-unquote feature that the the pace of the game it doesn't feel slow it doesn't feel grindy doesn't feel like they're trying to force you into buying this xp boost yeah but it's kind of contradictory that they would even sell it in the first place. Like it's akin to selling a difficulty mode, which you can turn it to easy if you want to do things faster, but it would change the experience of the game. Yeah. Whereas this XP boost is you're playing the same game, but you're just leveling up faster. So you're not playing the same game anymore. Right. By, by definition. And it, it kind of, it belies the, the fact that they're trying to say like, Oh yeah, we, we tuned this game to be a good experience through and through. Like, then why would you sell this? Right. You're basically saying you have no confidence in the pace of your game. You know, when I first read it, I, I thought about that because on one hand, it's like if somebody, some people like the quote unquote grind. Some people like that experience of the progression, whereas I'm more of a, I just want to have all my powers. I just want to have all my abilities. I want to be maxed out. But then here's the thing also is I thought you would get a kick out of this because this is basically selling a mod. If you play this game on PC, I'm 100% sure you can just go to Nexus and download a thing that doubles the XP you get. Like that's the easiest thing in the world. That's a console command. Right. You know, that's way easier than even balancing the shops in the Witcher, you know? So the fact they're selling this is like, it's doubly weird. This is a really weird thing <laughs> to me. You know, some players want that and they're going to pay the $10. But again, like you said, at the end of the day, it's like how much are they actually affecting the experience of this game that they crafted to be a standalone single player experience and and played not a certain way, but with certain parameters, right? Right. And by kicking the door down like that and removing those parameters, it's just like... And charging you for it. Right. It just seems it's unfair to the people who are purchasing this. It's unfair to the people who aren't purchasing it because they feel shortchanged as like, hey, the, the developers made this game for me, 
or people like me, people like us, and it just everyone feels sort of shortchanged here. Even though it's you know it's everyone's or anyone's prerogative to play the game how they see fit. It's just cheap. How much money are they really making from this? They get more money from a DLC than they do from physical goods. So I think it's a a kind of way to try and cover the cost of selling physical also. Man, can I just get a little tangential about physical versus digital? I would love nothing more for you to get tangential. Listen, we've we've talked about this before, but it doesn't make sense to me that physical goods still oh, great. drop in price ah. quicker. Because listen to me, listen to me. Video game developers and, and <laughs> manufacturers make less money on a physical item. Oh, he's frozen again. Oh, I lost him again. Just in time for him not to have to hear my rant. My, my whole point, guys, is that a developer or a, a publisher rather makes... X amount of dollars on a $60 game. You're factoring in. Oh, I got Nick calling in. All right. I'm in the middle of my rant still. I know you froze up. You're making a real goofy face. I got to take a picture of this, Nick, but I'm still ranting here about things. Well, I would have loved to have heard your rant <laughs> instead of my internet doing the thing. Now imagine if I was playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey using Google stream, <laughs> I'd be in the middle of Spartan kicking some man off a cliff and he would just be frozen in midair and I'm just yelling at my TV. <laughs> Nick, I'm going to finish my rant, and then I think that might be it for tonight, man. This is ridiculous. My internet's back. <laughs> so, Nick, my whole point, just real quick, is that publishers only make X amount of dollars on a physical game sale. Because you're, you're, you're talking about shipping and, and all these other costs of it exchanging hands, and everyone's got to take their cut, right? But digital games still sell for $60 a pop and rarely decrease in price. But if they were to sell that same game on the digital marketplace for $40, they're still making more profit and they're incentivizing people to come to their platform to buy it. It's a no-brainer to me that they would make more money and have more people engaging with their platform. Like, Why why does it still cost, again, $60 to buy Assassin's Creed Origins on PSN, but I can buy that same game for $15 the Best Buy discount right now? That makes no fucking sense. I don't think you can spend that much on the PSN for Origins at this point. I'm pretty sure I saw that go on sale for 20 bucks like last week. But I get what you're saying. The main reason why they keep the MSRP on a digital sale so is so they don't piss off the retailers. Those retailers are still selling the majority of their game, so they can't cut off that audience. Otherwise, it's bad for consumers, and it's bad for the brick and mortars, and it's bad for the company selling the game. Also, the platform holders aren't selling their consoles themselves. Sure, more and more are being sold by Amazon, but even Nintendo and Amazon had that falling out for like five years, and you can buy a 3DS on Amazon, you know? So they have to rely on those those relationships they've had with brick and mortars for the past 30 years that they've been selling games there. Best Buy and Walmart have had that relationship, and that, that goes a long way. But who do you think is going to hurt more, realistically? If suddenly all you can do is buy a console on Amazon or some other online retailer, who's going to hurt more in the long run? The consumer. That's a short-term thing. I'm saying over a a five-year stretch, who's going to hurt more, Walmart or Sony? And it's going to be Walmart. And you and me for not getting our physical games. No, I'm saying at some point, the retailers will realize they have to adapt, not these companies. The companies can sell their games for cheaper and make more money. So at some point, Walmart's just going to have to eat some crow or they're going to be they're going to be hurting and losing the most money. At some point, it's going to flatline for consumers and we'll still be able to get what we've always got the way we or a similar way we've always got them. But it's going to take some growing pains for these mega corporations. Like you said, yeah, these publishers are playing nice only because they still have to push consoles 
you know, in large quantities every fucking eight years or whatever. But th- that's changing. And in 10 years, absolutely will not be the case. So at some point, you got to just push and try. And I'm all for companies selling their games cheaper digitally and, and, and causing an uproar with those brick and mortars because, you know, at the end of the day, I still want my console games or my physical console games, yes, but I want more prize competition. And we're, we're looking at a future where games are going to cost $80. A AAA game is going to be $80 instead of 60 because games really are cheaper than they've ever been. When you look at inflation and cost of development. Well, like you said, they make more money than they ever have before also. And it's, the right. barrier for entry is a lot lower. It's a lot cheaper to make a game. Right. So it sort of all does level out. But I'm all for, for competition in the market. And right now we've sort of stagnated. And it doesn't make sense to buy digitally. It just doesn't economically make any sense. You spend more money. You don't own anything, even though obviously a physical game is still only a license to play the game. You can sell it. You can trade it. You can let someone else Which borrow still it. still 100% sucks. <laughs> yeah, of course. I blame the RA, RIAA and the MPAA for that. They set the precedent with 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 uh, CDs, like albums and mm-hmm. DVDs and VHS and all that kind of stuff. They're right. just so anal about that stuff. It's horrendous. A lot of good that did them, clearly. Yeah. Thanks, Napster. I totally understand what you're saying, though, and it would make a lot of sense for them to sell uh, digital for cheaper, but I think it just it makes too many people mad, and it's not safe to rock the boat in that way, and it doesn't really benefit them that much in the long run because people still pay $60 for a digital game. I guess Clearly, that's we've true. Seen digital, we've seen digital sales rising percentage-wise. I don't know how that relates to how many people are buying games in general, but... yeah. And also, the price of a digital game isn't always $60. So I also don't know what those figures mean as far as number of titles, dollars spent, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Because like I said, games do go on sale on digital and they go become free with uh, services like PS Plus and Live with Gold and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, it skews the numbers a little bit, but people are pushing for digital in the future. But like if Sony or Xbox, if they put out a digital only console, people would be pissed. Yeah. So, or if they sold their games for cheaper on one platform versus another, it's just, it gets messy. I understand. I don't want it to rock the boat and I don't want it to af- affect consumers negatively. What they but, could do without really affecting that boat too much would be first party titles. And Xbox is basically already doing that with Game Pass. Yeah. All their first party games are coming out day and day on Game Pass. So that's already undercutting the physical market and the brick and mortar stores by a huge margin. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if Sony would do that, but they also know that their fan base is rabid enough that they're going to spend $60 for Horizon just so they can download it at 9 p.m. the day it comes out or the day before it comes out. That's so crazy to me. I mean, you you get it, though. You went out the night before to get Spider-Man. You still had to download the game because there was a day one patch. <laughs> I did. I did. And even in the midst of the hassle, I still said, just tell yourself that it comes out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like and also you wanted that that sick red ps4 i just oh, i just wanted it and you listen you want to talk about 80 hour weeks i was working the craziest weeks of my life over the course of that spider-man playthrough and i still managed to come home and play spider-man every night and platinum it in 10 days question i don't think you've ever said do you know how long you spent playing spider-man is there an in-game clock i know god of war didn't and that was a huge bummer because i like to kind of i like that knowledge no, I also appreciate the knowledge. I don't know if the game itself keeps track, but I feel like PlayStation has a metric. PS4 doesn't know. That's so fucking stupid. Doesn't track your time. The only thing it tracks is the like time you get trophies, but that's not like an in-game clock. That's just a time and that's a date. You're not playing 24 hours a day, so it just 
that's useless for that. That's frustrating. I was going to see if I could find out on my PlayStation app here. The Wii U had a activity tracker, so the 3DS. Feels like such a no-brainer thing to implement. Like people love stats. People loved that they added the fa- the ability to check percentages on trophies. Pisses me off that I I can play a game for ten minutes, unlock the first trophy, and I can never delete it from my trophy history. I played Monster Hunter World for fucking you can't even change your PlayStation ID. There's a lot of things they did wrong <laughs> while making that system. I feel like it's just completely ingrained and impossible to fix in a lot of ways. So they have to patch it. Somehow I only have 4% on Journey, a game I beat. How do I only have 4% trophy on Journey? You didn't get all those rare trophies where you wave 696 times at some random person. Although I'm curious now if that's the PS3 version and if the trophies for the Deluxe Edition are different. Maybe not. I don't know. Probably not, but maybe. Yeah, whatever. It's interesting looking at my trophy list. Very interesting. It is a little bit of like a, it's a blurry snapshot into your history of gaming right. on the platform. You know what's fucked up is I beat The Last of Us on PS3 and I only have 1% of the trophies because I played it on easy. So I didn't get any trophies. That's what you get, you damn dirty loser. I'm a fucking <laughs> casual. Get off me. Hey man, I played through like a third of that game on easy and then got bored. <laughs> so you're better than me. When does Transition, uh, Transistor rather, come out on Switch? I think this year. Yeah, no, definitely this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it again on Switch and maybe. Is Bastion even out yet? I think they're doing it in order of the their release. Doing Bastion, then Transistor, and then I don't know if they did they even confirm that they're doing their third game nah, on Switch. I, I that, that weird wizard basketball game. You think I pay attention? No, no. I'm just talking to myself at this point. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, anyway, the last thing on our list here is the Diablo Special Edition. I bitched about it a little bit when you were frozen, dude. We talked about this over and over. Fuck Nintendo and their lazy-ass special editions. Yeah, I wonder who's in charge of the special edition, if it's the company making the game or if it's Nintendo themselves and what the approval process looks like. Because someone is showing a severe lack of creativity. Oh, my God. This or is a severe sixth. interest in silk screening because right. it's literally right. just they laser printed onto a dock and they're like, okay, that's good enough. It's so boring. Just as bad as, as Let's Go and just as bad as uh, Smash Bros. I think it's more important, though, that they have these bundles because it shows that they're really looking forward to a really busy holiday season and they're going to sell a lot of consoles. A lot of people love Diablo. A lot of people love Smash Bros. A lot of people love Pokemon. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I want the Switch to do well because we get more great games, but I'm not going to lie, man. Well, you know what? Maybe I should be grateful, okay, that these special editions I guess suck. I should be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, because I would be spending money on Switches that I don't need if they were putting out legitimately terrific Special right. editions, the way they were with the 3DS. <laughs> How many three? I own four 3DS consoles, man. Okay, that that is you being an incredibly sick man. I've only just been selling them. I got rid of my my Black Friday special edition one. I got rid of my Pokemon. Was that the uh, Yoshi one, the green one? Nah, it was the black. Um, they did black and white Mario releases of the regular size new 3DS. Oh, okay. Um, that must have been a few years ago because the last one I remember was the uh, green uh, Yoshi one that right. came with the download code for Yoshi's Island. Right. right. I've been chasing um, a 3DS with two uh, dual IPS panel screens. That's so funny. You're basically playing a lottery. <laughs> yeah. My main, I bought like four, I'm not kidding you, four different Galaxy 3DS trying to get the top, at least the top IPS, if not dual. Uh, it didn't happen, so I just returned them all. But my main red 3DS has the top screen is an IPS panel. And let me tell you, the difference between the IPS and the TN panel is astronomical 
Yeah, I can I can completely believe that. The brightness is probably just like, oh my god, I can see this thing. It's not just the brightness, but it's the the color, the saturation, the bleed, and the yeah, the light bleed and the viewing angles. It's just so much better. So I had this Pokemon 3DS one and the Black Friday Special Edition one, and I was chasing again those panels and the the Pokemon one I had, and it was like this. I was like, I have to get it because it's this nostalgia thing, and it's it's the anniversary of Pokemon and blah blah blah, and it's this beautiful Is that the thing. the Pokeball one? Nah, it had the uh, red and blue faceplates. So you could switch out between the uh, Pokemon, mm-hmm. you know, Blastoise and. and uh, I forgot Charizard. about the swappable faceplates. You think that that would have been more utilized, but it was really just like very rarely done. It was very utilized in Japan, but for some reason we barely got any of those over here. For some reason, I can give you one good reason. Not good, but it's just Nintendo. <laughs> It's disappointing, but it's also probably a good thing, like I said, for my wallet. It's just, you know, I was showing my little brother, uh, my my 24-year-old brother, uh, and I was bitching him. I was like, dude, it's fucking stupid, Nintendo. Look at, because he showed me the 3D, or the, sorry, the Smash Bros. Special Edition. He said, that's sick, dude. Look at the controller, dude. I was like, that's fucking retarded, Andrew. That's so stupid. <laughs> like, And I went off on him about how dumb Nintendo's been. And I showed him all the 3D, I, like a, just a big picture on Google with all the 3DS special editions, little screenshots. I was like, look at how amazing it's been for the last seven years. Yeah, it's just that nobody really cared about their 3DS and Nintendo knew it, so they really had to work doubly hard. At least with the uh, Diablo special edition, they're not getting fancy Joy-Cons. Like, as much as I don't really care about the the peanut butter and mustard, the poop and pee, uh, yellow and brown Joy-Cons. Yeah. Like, just the idea of having more colors is like, that's a nice thing. It's yeah. And I'm surprised Nintendo hasn't gone hog wild with that. They haven't made, you know, classic purple or atomic purple, like really <laughs> dig into those nostalgia roots. They could right? easily milk people for it, but they're, they're biding their time. They're trying yeah. to be a little more strategic. Yeah. They're holding off for uh, a rainy day. Give Probably. it all that's to my me. best guess. I want it all. And I want it now. Nick, is there anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Or has this been our short, not so sweet console crusade pod week 10 in a row. I am so sorry that you have to deal with all this bullshit. This <laughs> yeah. Awful recording session uh, has been so frustrating for me and you're having a good chuckle with it. But I feel like in as soon as you get like 30 minutes into editing oh, this yeah. thing, you'd be pulling out every last of your hairs. And I'm going to be hanging out with a bald you at the beach this weekend. Oh God. I hope I'm not bald. Jesus Christ. So this is totally not related to the podcast, but in January after growing my hair out for 15 months, I shaved my head, not because I wanted to cut my hair, but because my hair is falling out and I thought you it was bleached it too. So well, it was really, it started before the bleach, but you know, initially help. I thought it was okay. I'm getting old and I'm losing hair, but no, it was like chunks of hair. And then I was like, it's because I started smoking cigarettes again, which I have since kicked. I haven't smoked since May. That's good. But have you tried for Dude. I'm telling you though, for real though, I've I've switched shampoos, I've switched conditioners, I've tried specialized stuff, just trying to. Like, I quit washing my hair. I wash my hair once a week um, before it got long again because now I'm, I'm at you know ten months in. But I was only washing once a week, but I conditioned every day, just trying to strengthen. It's all snake oil, dude. Come on, just gotta accept it. And it's not like my hairline's I'm definitely looking older, but I don't look like I don't have male pattern. You don't look baldness. unreasonably old, yeah. No, I just look like an older dude. And even then, you know what? Male pattern baldness, we need to stop the stigma of it being a bad thing. It's all because rich celebrities get really good hair pieces and hair plugs. LeBron James has a miraculously proceeding hairline. His hairline is going to connect with his eyebrows in five years. (laughs) 
at the rate he's going. I miss bald LeBron with the big headband. The headband would just grow every year to the point it was from his eyebrows to the fucking crown of his dome. I miss I just that. Need more, just, I need more male influencers and role models that just appreciate and they accept who they are and what their body's doing because yeah. it happens to literally like 60 to 70% of normal people. Like normal dudes. Sure. So we need to see that reflected more in our society, bro. My thing is, is like when you're like a Rogan and you just accept that you're fucking bald and you shave your head and you look like a goddamn man. That's cool, man. Hell yeah. It's these disgusting fucking flabby titted fucking, you know, just dainty fingernail looking weird middle aged ass dudes. You have a fucking weird. You're listing off a lot of problems and I get that. But it happens to regular dudes, too. Do you think Tom Cruise would normally have that hair if he wasn't filthy rich and a weird Scientologist who loves his wife? Here's the thing. I know a lot of old dudes who have really impeccable hairlines, and it's amazing. And it's, sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. You know them, and you, you recognize them because of how rare it actually is. That's true. It, it, my hairline, I started really paying attention to other people's hairlines when I was like 20, 21. When I started, yeah, that's when it started happening. We're like, yeah. Where early onset, it happens. Like now you're in your late twenties, accept it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be Fuck. starting hanging out with people that are in their thirties and they're going to look more like old dudes because when you were a kid, old dudes was anyone over 35. No, yeah. A hundred percent. I get it. And that's why I'm trying to just be like, appreciate what I've got. And that's why I keep growing it out. I'm going to continue to growing it out and just doing it. Still flocculent, fun. baby. Still baby. <laughs> Goddamn right. Ain't no depilated <laughs> dome over here. Motherfucker. <laughs> that has been the Consequence Crusade Podcast. Doggy. <laughs> Good child, motherfucker.